Hey, this is Brent Jensen, and you're listening to No Sleep Till Sudbury, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate. And friend of the show and leader of the Stephen Stanley Band, Mr. Stephen Stanley, is here. Hi, Brent. Hi, how are you? I'm back for my third time. <laughs> you are. Third time's a charm, hopefully. Five times you get a jacket. <laughs> okay, let's book a couple more. I need a jacket. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that. It's getting cold outside. <laughs> I, thought you were, I thought you were commenting on my jacket. No, no, no. <laughs> I'll get you a new jacket. <laughs> I, want the, I want the No Sleep Till Sudbury jacket. All right, sure. well, I'm going to do that. We have guests who are coming up to, to five. You're one of them. So. I just made a promise, so I guess you got to get to now the I, now, I'm, now. now I'm bound. I have to do it. <laughs> All right, so you are—you uh, brought your guitar with you. I did, and uh, you are going to play two tunes. Yeah, right. Sure, okay, I'll so. play. Uh, I'll play all night if you want. <laughs> want to play ten? <laughs> Let's do one song now. We'll go through your stuff, and then sure. we'll finish with one. Is that cool? All right, and I get to request, don't I? It's your call. Yay. As long as I know it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know this one. <laughs> well, don't be it, so sure. <laughs> How about the Troubadour? Can Sounds we do that? Great. All right. All right. Here it goes. From the awesome Jimmy and the Moon album. Anybody who knows me knows I love this record. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Um, here we go. Stirred Allen, play the dust of Beijing. And we were at the Troubadour, and you just walked in, and you wondered out loud, How did my skin get so thin? Yeah, there's so much hidden in that song. Then a moment passes and it's gone. I thought this year. We were gonna win Now it seems so many things are coming to an end Don't cry for me and don't cry for my friends And let the last person who walks through that door Whisper goodbye to the troubadour, yeah Last time that I stood next to her There up on these boards Yeah, I never really figured out What she was looking for Not a word was spoken And we both walked through that door And in a cloud of smoke We parted ways Yeah, we don't speak too much these days I thought this year we were gonna win Now it seems so many things are coming to an end Don't cry for me and don't cry Oh my friends let the last person Took you by surprise, oh Christy, if she cries, and I can't see it in her eyes, yeah the sun is gonna rise, so let's drink to better days, come on and keep your glow. 
glasses raised, oh. Keep your glasses raised, oh. Keep your glasses raised, yeah. Keep your glasses raised. Michael O'Grady, please pour another round. Yeah, play the tin whistle. Cause we need to hear that sound And let this be one night our feet don't touch the ground Yeah, let's linger and hang on every word Later we'll kick the daylight to the curb I thought this year we were gonna win Now it seems so many things are coming to an end for me and don't cry for my friends and let the last person who walks through that door whisper goodbye to the through the door yeah, yeah. I thought this year we were gonna win one chapter falls and let another one begin so let's agree for now that this is not the Thank you so much for that. Mm -hmm. As you know, I'm a huge fan. Well, you know, I appreciate that. Let me, can I, I'll just put this guitar down while yeah. we uh, yeah. continue to Put chat. that down. You can move that mic a little bit closer if you want. Sure. Now, should we talk about the fact Let that the you have... begin. Yeah. <laughs> Push it out just a little bit. There we go. There we go. Perfect. A common mistake people make when they come on the show is they eat the mic. Yes. Makes it well, difficult. As, I mean, this is an SM58, I believe, and as a singer, you would be, you'd want to be right on that. Yes, you would. Now we're getting uh, into the technical terms of this uh, beautiful room we're in recording this. So, isn't this great, though? This is a great spot. If it, you instantly come in here and feel completely relaxed, yes, and disarmed, so you can get me to talk about anything, <laughs> anything, <laughs> anything. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. This is a, a, a little fun fact. You were the very first interview that I did in this room at the Spoke Club. Really? Yeah. Wow. The very first. I'm a lot of firsts in the music because I was the first pers person that got booked by this, uh, oh, that's a long story, but there's a promoter in uh, Kingston who okay. uh, has booked, has had a really successful career booking bands, and I came across this article on, online a few years ago with her talking about how I was the first act she had ever booked, and I didn't even know. Wow. So there you go. Like the Stephen Stanley band? No, that would have been... Lois? It was a solo thing. Oh. What it was called. I guess it was just, that was just me. It was just Stephen Stanley. I had a band. It was a... My band was uh, two guys from the Morganfields, Alan Piggins and Jay Santiago. Okay. And then a lead guitar player named Craig Brown. Okay. And that was an album we did called Thin Wild Mercury, like, a long time ago. I can't even tell you the year. Wow. Like, somewhere around 2003, probably, or something like that. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Another first. Another first. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Um You've not had a drink since August, Mr. Stanley. We need <laughs> oh, to we're going to talk about that. Okay. So I'm like, I'm, I'm partially scared and partially <laughs> uh, enthralled that tonight may be 
the first time that you have a beer since August. When we finish this podcast, it's just there's something again about this place that's just so relaxing. But right, but I think it'll be a, it'll be a game time decision though. I, it, I, all, I, I want to be very clear: if you do not want to, oh, and I don't feel I don't feel that you would try to uh, peer no. pressure me into drinking at all. So never. never. Um, but I mean, it needs a little bit of context because I, it wasn't anything but just. Uh, trying to you know just just give myself a bit of a change of paradigm and not drink for a bit which is i think it's good to sort of change things up once in a while absolutely but when we toured in uh the summer Mm -hmm. and started in germany and then went to the uk and then uh a bunch of dates in ireland um it was a real good drinking time and touring can be a real good drinking time and uh case in point the festival we played in in germany and the reason I'm telling the story is because I think a lot of the music we're going to talk about tonight is really framed by that tour and things that I, you know, bands that I hadn't heard of that I discovered along the way on that on that trip, and then some sort of touch points of, from other bands that I've known for a long time, and, and you'll know as well. I was actually going to segue into that. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm stealing, <laughs> I'm taking over the show. <laughs> you just ruined everything. <laughs> How about this? I'll ask the questions. You give the answer. Well, uh, <laughs> okay. um, but. In, in Germany, there was uh, this festival called the Static Roots Festival. It was a fantastic two days, like probably the best two days of music of my life, which is nice. like, which is actually, I, I've been thinking about that a lot in the last month because I'm a bit of, you know, a month and a half removed from it, about how great it was and how much fun it was. And uh, to sort of make a statement like that with like having toured and played music for years and years and years and years yeah. um, is, is saying a lot but I really you know I mean obviously anything closer to you than the further distance in your mind may, may have more uh, relevance but it was something like they've just put this beautiful thing together there but the night we played was Friday night and uh, we you know by later in the night somebody had done somebody was shooting video both of the performances and uh, doing interviews. Okay. And they posted this week, the festival posted this compilation of all the videos and interviews this week. Oh, this and, week? Um, it's just up online. So the first the first uh, shot was Tara Lightfoot and her band, and then they did an interview, and the the guy that runs the festival, um, Dietmar, had written that, you know, check out this video full of funny, uh, funny interviews and great performances, and just a nice recap of the festival. And I'm watching through the video and, and there's Tara talking and she she's wonderful and they were quite funny her and her band and I was like oh I wonder why they I wonder why we didn't get interviewed and then the next interview <laughs> was me and Chris Brown like two drunken well actually he was really together I really wasn't <laughs> and I'm watching this going I don't remember one second of that. I didn't really? remember one second of doing that interview. Oh, wow. It culminates with Chris Bennett, my guitar player, walking up and handing uh, Chris Brown 50 euros. And Chris puts it in his, in his um, pocket. And then the uh, interview carries on, and Chris Brown turns to Chris Bennett and says, I'll give you 50 bucks if you leave right now. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, there you go. So that might be that might be a little a little insight into. I mean, it was great fun. It was just, I mean, just the beer was flowing. Oh, they, of course. Every every adage we know about Germany was uh, completely lived out in those two days, those two or three days, and then it just carried on through Ireland, where the where the beer is good too. Yeah. Wow. So hence the self prohibition. So is the whiskey. So there you go. <laughs> That's self prohibition. Yeah. And it may all end tonight, folks. <laughs> you never know. We'll see. Uh, but again, no pressure. No pressure. Right. Very no, serious. I feel no pressure. That. I mean, you know, it's like, it's just, like I said, it's just a bit of a, a reset and just sort of a nice to sort of 
test yourself and see. And it's been, I mean, it, honestly, it's not, for me anyways, it's not a hard thing to do. Yeah. To not drink for a couple months. So. Yeah. Okay. We'll see if I have one. Maybe I'll take you to their side. <laughs> you could. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. So you have got uh, a great list of songs here. Some I do not know. And you warned me about that. Mm-hmm. But that's good. I like that. I do know the first one. This is a guy, I think he played on your record, 40 Endings, I think. Is that right? David Corley? David Corley. Yeah. So you've got Zero Moon here. Yeah, my wonderful friend David. Um, Zero Moon uh, is from his second record that came out maybe a year and a half ago now, I guess. And it's a massive song. And why I wanted to tell add this to the list and as I said I was really sort of you know because we've done this twice before I sort of thought let's make this a little more thematic and base it around the tour and and there were some things that really affected me now this song affected me from the minute I heard it and we had a nice uh, moment on the tour where I have an album called Jimmy and the Moon and he has this song from his album called Zero Moon which is a song called Zero Moon so we would go back to back in our sets and my band was backing David up so oh nice we would finish our set with uh, Jimmy and the Moon start into Zero Moon okay. which which surprised well actually he didn't record it in the same key as Jimmy and the Moon but he's he's transposed it into G for live live purposes oh really so basically my band would start at the end of Jimmy and the Moon we'd start playing Zero Moon Okay. I would sing the first verse of Zero Moon. He'd walk on stage, sit down at the piano, and nice. start playing and start singing the second verse. And I like literally, like because pe- people love him in Europe, yeah. they just love him. And it literally was like knocking the socks off rooms. It was yeah. such a to be involved in a moment like that when pe- you see people, you just feel people's emotion coming right at you yeah. in, in every room we played in with that when we did that transition. It was just massively cool so i thought that was a good way to start with sort of describing what that what the tour what that tour felt like and playing with david's just a wonderful singer songwriter like i'm there's a a middle section in that song the uh verse and the chorus it's a fairly straight but a really sort of heavy um chord progression the middle section in that song the rest of us in the band just would all stop and let him play at the piano i don't i mean it's just a mind that i can't even Really? glimpse into I don't know what he's doing I don't know I mean there's some you know there's some songs where you can instantly sort of figure out oh like that's well, that's just sort of pretty pretty traditional chord progression yep I don't know what's I mean not that I can't tell you what the chords are I know what the chords are but just the way the cadences and the phrasing moves I don't know just it's a, wow. work, of a work of a genius mind for sure so that's great well, listening to this song, he I noticed that he kind of colors outside the lines. It's not a oh, traditional yeah. delivery. It's almost a Tom Waits-ish kind it's, of... He, he does have that vibe, and yeah. he writes lyrics like nobody I've ever known before. And, yeah, like you said, coloring outside the lines is a good description because he just moves He moves all outside these progressions in ways that nobody I've ever heard before does. So Yeah, I like it a lot. Okay, so next up we have Prince Grizzly. Is that right. right? I don't know this, and it's it's Irene, right? Which is, I mean, a, the, so the Prince Grizzly album. I would uh, tell everybody to check it out. He's a real sort of great Americana songwriter. Has a great band with a slide player that's unbelievable. So two days at this festival, and bands are arriving, and you you know you I recognize you recognize people because this festival books. I think I don't know what it is. Thirteen bands, I think over the course of two nights so it's not so before I before I went to Germany I'd listened to most of them to sort of figure out who it was so I knew what everybody looked like so the, we're uh, 
I'm standing at the bar, and the singer from Prince Grizzly walks up and stands beside me. Starts talking to the bartender in perfect French, and I'm like, wow, that's really weird for an Australian band. Yeah. And then I said, I said to, I might have been Chris Brown, I said, it's kind of weird that a, a guy from Australia speaks French so well. And he goes, no, they're Austrian. Ah, uh, <laughs> that makes sense. So, so I misread the the press material, I guess. They, they were Austrian. <laughs> Anyways, that song, Irene, is, is a beautiful song. Um, he has a crazy good voice. Like, just like a, It's just one of those things that has this dig into you sound to it and that song has this kind of like a almost like a yodel chorus to mm-hmm. it that's just that's just wonderful so yeah so check out prince grizzly because um they were one of the bands that this this summer that i really hadn't heard of and had never seen live obviously and they're touring like mad right now um they're they're uh they're on tour with a band in the uk called c6 steve oh uh, do you know him Re- yeah is he still around band. well yeah he's still around but like uh C6 All of a sudden, I've been seeing his name everywhere, but I think mostly because the Prince Cruz guys have been on the road with him. So, he's C60 has been around for a long time. I gotta look him up because I don't yeah. know much about him. So yeah, you'll like him. him actually. The beauty of Spotify is I can, as soon as we finish this, we can look it up and, and hear it. Yeah, over a drink. Over a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Just get <kidding>. pressure. <laughs> Shane Joyce is next. I do not know this. It's called the Spider. So there you go. Uh, Shane was or is the lead singer of a band called the Midnight Union Band, and they're from Kilkenny. We spent um, five days in Kilkenny and used that sort of as an outpost. Uh, beautiful gig there at a place called Clears, and what else did we do in that area? We did Waterford and a place called Harmony Hall, and we actually went to Dublin and came back to Kilkenny and stayed there. Mm. We had a great place. We were staying there, and, and it's such an amazing little city. It just, uh, well, I shouldn't say little. I don't know if it's as in in the... Uh, terms of Ireland, I don't know if it's considered little or not, but it's just a beautiful city that's like preserved so much of its ancient history and then has very modern feel to it as well. Yeah. And the people there were amazing. So the Midnight Union Band played at the uh, Static Reese Festival as well, and when I got home, I started listening. Oh, Shane put this record out just after I got home from uh, Ireland, and I started listening to it, and it's a great album through and through. It's a really sort of, it's a real heavy songwriter, and this particular song is... Uh, my favorite on the record mm. so again I just thought, I th- thought we'd talk about this stuff just from the point of view of a couple bands that probably aren't making a lot of headway in Canada yet but yeah. you know I hope they do it's not an easy thing getting over here or getting getting over there but I think it's you know these, yeah. these folks should at some yeah. point well it's one of the best things about having these discussions is learning about these mm-hmm. artists and for me like having new people come in that I've never you know I had Christina Martin on I was telling you about her yeah, and Kelsey Maine, and you know, I thought they were fantastic. I'm going to do my best to to kind of trumpet their. Well, and you do do that. I mean, you 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 know, you're always telling me about about stuff that you like, and I, I think that's the word of mouth is still the most powerful oh, way yeah. to find out about music, regardless of what's happening out there. When your friends tell you about you know things that they like, yep. and be, I mean, in this day and age, it's so much easier to check it out too. You can easily sort of just jump online and right hear, hear the stuff yep. and you know and then hopefully see them when they come to town or yep. Shane's album's called uh, The Sadness of King Joyce and it's a real it's a real dark piece of work but it's really nice it's a really yeah. beautiful album okay listeners check that out too here's one that I know Van Morrison Song of Being a Child this is a very bizarre song it's very bizarre oh I actually it's a poem he's interpreted him and uh, yeah. one of his backup singers 
what's her name June Boyce yeah so she apparently has been on many of his records and yeah. I don't know I I have to admit I hadn't really drilled down on that album that's Philosopher's Stone but when we were traveling uh, Chris uh, Brown put put that song on a uh, on a compilation um, on a Spotify playlist and I was like oh man I freaking love this I th- I'm a real sucker for any song where the where the singer talks yeah like uh, I don't know if Craig Finn's uh, song about Chicago on his last record is just unbelievable yeah and this one is cool because like Van doesn't sing at all it's like all just spoken it's all word talking all the way but through. over a really cool melody and, and just the way the two of them play off each other it's just like oh, it really kind of stops you in your tracks so yeah so now I'm going to uh, spend some more time with Philosopher's Stone because like uh, that's uh, I, I must admit sort of the, the, some of the later stuff that Van Morrison did I haven't paid as much attention to so yeah I oh. s- that, and the reason I wanted to include a Van Morrison song too was was uh, that was a cool part of our trip when we were in Northern Ireland. I have a friend that I met years ago who was a uh, a soccer hero from Northern Ireland named Billy Hamilton. He captained the '92 and '90s. Well, I might have the dates wrong. Maybe it's '86 and '90. Anyway, somewhere in that period, he captained the Northern Ireland World Cup teams. Okay. Was the first person in Northern Irish history to score a World Cup goal. Scored three actually. So when I realized we were playing in Bangor and I knew he lived somewhere in that vicinity yep. I wrote to him and a friend of mine from uh, Northern Ontario that we all know each other yeah. and I said hey like I'm gonna, we're going to be um, close to you in like six days any chance you're, you're around and want to come see the show mm-hmm. so he and my friend responded with a photo and they were both on a dock in Halliburton oh, oh. <laughs> so he was, in, he was in Ontario but as it turned out he was going home two days before our show so came to the show. Chris Bennett and I stayed at his place for three days. Wow. Took us on a unbelievable tour of the the coastline around Bangor and Belfast. This three hour drive through the most beautiful countryside you'll ever see, and then That's to awesome. these like 16th century graveyards. And uh, at the end of that, he said, um, "Okay, I got. I need. I need sort of three hours to go into town, town and get some stuff done. So I'm going to drop you guys off at this pub." Yeah. So drops us off at this ama- amazing pub, and we had like probably the best lunch we've had on the whole trip there, okay. and drank like pints of Guinness because that's what you do in in Belfast. You drink Guinness, and he said, "Oh, and while you're there, you know, make sure you look around at who's in the room because he said Van Morrison drinks there every day. Like so, Van Morrison apparently lives right around the corner from this place and drinks there all the time. So uh, he wasn't there, unfortunately, but uh, it was kind of cool to be drinking in Van's local. Yeah, for that sure. Was pretty." Uh, that's uh, something I'll not forget too soon. So, and it was just like it was just the whole that whole part of the trip was just mind blowing. And the the show in uh, just outside of Belfast was there was a lot of good shows on the tour, but that was a crazy one. Holy cow! Yeah, yeah. Now, how long was this tour from start to finish? Was it three uh, it was weeks? About three weeks. Yeah. 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 It was a good yeah. length. Like that was kind of kind of perfect. Um, like I said, three days in Germany and then three days in well, four days in London. We did three shows in London that were really cool. Yeah, um, it was like the heat wave of the century there. Oh, really? It was really uncomfortable there, and the club was ah, like I've never been in a hotter room. But the shows <laughs> were amazing and really small place, but people packed in every night and for some reason stuck around from top to bottom. Like they all, nobody left. Like, um, and then and then to and then a day of travel and then about nine days in Ireland, which was fantastic. Yeah. That's awesome. So, any given night, how many bands would would be on the bill? Um, minimum of four. With there was th- well, so there was um, 
David and us, and yep. then Hadley McCall Thaxton, who's also yes. on Wolf Island Records. Yep. A woman named Amy Montgomery. She's like a 19 year old phenom from uh, like just outside of Belfast. Okay. Writes amazing songs, sings like Janis Joplin. I think she's going to be huge at some point. She just she's like writes songs way beyond her age. Really. And so her her drummer and uh, partner is a guy named Michael Mormecca, and he. He drummed for all of us, so he was a drummer through it across the board. Oh, so, cool. so basically, my band backed up Hadley and David in some way, shape, or form. Michael yeah. was on stage the whole night, and then there was a couple shows. There was a cool show again outside of Belfast that was um, with this organization called So Far Music. That I think are present here. Uh, I don't know. I've never sort of come across it here, but are very active in like the California, um, San Francisco area. Okay. But incredibly successful in Northern Ireland and, and I think throughout Europe and what they do is they sell they pre-sell a show and don't the audience doesn't find out where they're going or who they're seeing till four hours before I like that so it was a uncharacteristically beautiful day in July in Belfast like perfectly blue sky mm. so we set up outside of this farmhouse and like over the hills comes like 90 people who most of which we don't know wow and they added two local bands to that show. One was this sort of crazy busker busker band that was playing like little piccolo trumpets and wow. you know that kind of that kind of thing. And everybody played their sets. It was just magically beautiful the whole night. And like all the shows were kind of different, yeah. but they were all just as good as you can imagine. There literally wasn't one night where we didn't have a big crowd really? and people were like completely into it. There's just not to knock. You know, I mean, like I've been on the music scene in in uh, Toronto, Ontario, for a long time, and yeah. uh, you know, so there's a bit of complacency, I think. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and maybe there's not a taste all the time for what we're doing here. I'm not, I don't know if I can, that's true or not, but boy, like over there, it's just like this cultural thing. Like, the sh- people go out to the shows and yeah. are completely into it, completely focused, and completely in the moment in the room. Not a lot of cell phones in hands and stuff like that. Just people enjoying music. Yeah. And the other thing that's weird took some getting used to is the shows are all over by like 10.45 at the latest. Oh, really? Like trying to get a drink after 11 in Ireland is like good luck. Like, in Ireland? Yeah. Really? I'm not, I'm not talking about, about like Dublin. That's obviously okay. probably very different. But in uh, Kilkenny, yep. like we had to beg bartenders to open, stay open a little later just to get... I had no idea. Yeah. Really? Wow. First night we got there, we went to see guy that plays accordion on my record is a guy named uh, Jared Maloney yep. and he's a fantastic player and he does this traditional night at a club called I'm not going to be able to remember the name of the club anyways we all went we just we just had rolled into the county about three hours before we all went to the club probably got there around eight-ish okay. beautiful night of him and this guy playing acoustic guitar and it was just fantastic music the crowd singing along totally into it Nine about 9.35 the bartender goes okay last call I'm like, wow what? Last call. I said to Jared, I said, like, what's going on here? Why, why is everybody, what's going on here? He goes, oh, no, no, nothing happens later than this here. So and he was right. We played the next night, and it was over by 10.30, I think. Is this a weekday versus weekend thing? I don't know for sure, but I don't think so. I think that's just the way it is. I think just hmm. everything happens earlier. Wow. I mean, in a lot of ways, it makes sense that you can sort of go from work to, you know, the bar, have a bite to eat, and then see a band. Yeah. And then you're home by 11 mm-hmm. o'clock, and you get up and do it again oh don't get me that would be my preference well I think it, and I think that helps the sort of the cultural vibe that people live and 
live for live music. They're out. Yeah. Like, you walk down that main street in uh, Kilkenny, and there's music coming out of every second door. Like yeah. a lot of cover stuff, but a lot of original stuff too. So yeah. You know, I've often wondered if you, you think about Toronto and all of these places closing down. I've often wondered if it's because people don't want to stay up till one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday night when when it's a school night. For sure, I think I think the uh, demographic for live live club music has probably shifted a bit older oh, because yeah. you know, I mean we grew up in a uh, period of time like you know late '80s all through the '90s where everybody went out to see live music and yep. I don't think that's the case so much anymore no. and it, it's really fragmented now but I think it's hard to change norms yep. so the fact that that's how people remember you know live music it's hard to sort of shift that oh all of a sudden you're playing at 7.30 yeah excuse me but yeah. that's my preference though I would actually prefer that, especially living out in a suburb outside of the city I mean you know honestly like in the, in the 90s playing with Lois the Low Across Canada, we we had like nights where the sets didn't start till twelve forty five. Like, yeah, even Lee's Palace in those days, we'd often go on after twelve as the first. And, you know, and we put, yeah. we played a long set too. So yeah, which is crazy, so, yeah. right? On a weeknight, but yeah. That's just how it was. Just how it was. Yeah. yeah, much bigger, much bigger sort of college crowd in those days. Yes, definitely. And, you know, I mean, I think there's still a college crowd going to see music, obviously, but the music that we're seeing these days is a crowd that often has kids, often. Just paying babysitters and aging, sadly. Yeah, sadly, <laughs> it happens. All right, so here's another classic. It's uh, Bobby Gentry. This is a great tune, Ode to Billy Joel. Ode to Billy Joel. So I included this one because um, this became a staple on the tour, and Hadley uh, McCall Thaxton does an amazing version yes. of this. And we all love playing it. It was just a, such a fun song to play, and she does such an animated version of it. And quite a story behind it. So Bobby Gentry's still alive. Yeah. As far as I understand, like, has not done anything in the public eye since 1975. Oh, really? Was, had This was a huge hit, like, huge. Wait, this is, like, late 60s, 67. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then did um, a bunch of hits with uh, sort of vocal performances on Glenn Campbell stuff. Like, they'd done some stuff together. Yeah. And then did, uh, the last thing she did was a soundtrack for a movie based on that song. Okay. On Ode to Billy Joe hasn't done an interview hasn't done a appearance nobody really, really they uh, articles that i read said that they figure she's living in the la area but but um hmm. yeah so that song was really kind of near and dear to my heart for the whole tour because we played it every night and uh the the commentary from that song so it's about this family the daughter in the family is is uh, her boyfriend's committed suicide because of some mystery they don't know the song she never revealed what the mystery was the commentary on it is how the family just basically sits around at this dinner going uh, like past the peas like yes. they, don't, they don't give her its ass that he killed himself yeah and it's, just, it's got this weird sort of vibe about society right now too yeah. So, yeah so that's why I included that one it's a it's a great tune this is a cool little retrospective of your tour I'm just thinking you know as, as we talk about this that like how, how amazing must it have been to experience that culture firsthand you know you think about as a canadian i've i've not i've been to germany but i've not been to ireland but you think about kitchen Cayleys and what you know as a canadian on the east coast mm-hmm. and people are so focused on music yeah. you know there's no cell phones there's no everybody is completely dialed in which i think is fantastic i would love to do that yeah and it's like you know and I mean, obviously there are a lot of organized bands that are trying to make a career out of it but there's just so much of just people playing, right? Just people playing for the love of playing. And yeah. that, happens, that happens here, too. Um, but 
it like I said, it's just it's it's part of their the fabric there. It's like just yep. music is like you know you're gonna are you gonna have dinner tonight? Are you gonna listen to music? It's the same. It's kind of the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah I mean it, it is amazing to experience experience it up close and personal. I you know this whole trip musical trip that I've been on for you know the last 28 years or whatever it's been it's like you know I consider myself incredibly lucky because getting and then getting to do something like this in the summer was just mind-blowingly good so yeah and you'll be back I imagine mm-hmm. hopefully sooner than later I mean you know we may wait wait until we make a, another record but if something were, were to materialize to get us back there sooner yeah I would not hesitate because it's uh I mean, you know, and like just Ireland itself. There's so many places we didn't go. Like, just we could probably tour there three weeks solid, and yeah. there's just so many great places to play, and so many, so many potential uh, people to, you know, get in front of there. So, yeah. And regardless of the size of the crowds, I mean, as a musician, that's really at the that that's the holy grail. It's really at the oh, core totally, yeah. of what you want to to be doing. We, right? We played, you know, we played small small rooms and and bigger rooms, and then. You know the the festival thing was much was much bigger, but yeah. like I said, the shows were all different, but all so good. Yeah, so kind of like got you right in the heart. So yeah. Oh, next, Kate Fenner. Kate, I love 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 Kate Fenner. This is a great record. Yeah, it's an unbelievably good record. I mean, I think she, yeah. she's like her songwriting is is unbelievable, and and you know it's, it's weird. Like I want everybody to hear that record. It's just. She's. I mean, first of all, she's like one of the best singers on the planet. Yeah. And this the songwriting and the and the lyrical sort of turns of phrase on that record are completely inspiring. And I mean, I you know I knew the record was coming out. I didn't know what to expect. And yeah. I listened to it all summer. Like it's just it's, yeah, it me is too. That good. Yeah, I know you liked it a lot as well. Um, and you know, I'm not saying the people haven't been listening to it, but it, to me, it's one of those records that should be on every you know top fifty list. It just like it's yeah. so good. Yeah. Like the first seven songs are just riveting, just yeah. absolutely riveting. And I like like the line. I like the way it sounds, not the way it is. Celibacy, like yeah. it's like just a great, it's a great line. I know. I told her that too. That well, was a great line. Well, you so, played with her at the Dakota we, recently. We did like a, a nine day Ontario Quebec run with Chris and Kate and with oh uh, right right my band and Hadley. So yeah, yeah, it was great. And then again, that was kind of the same thing we did in Europe. We did a lot of sort of cross playing. Yeah. We backed them up. She she sings on my record on uh, the last song California. Right. So we did that live every night, which was a complete complete thrill. Yeah, yeah. Like she wasn't really sort of connected to the Irish tour, but she was yeah. a big part of the summer music that I got heavily into so and it's, yeah. just, it's just a great record and then I think produced by Tony Shear and he plays a lot a lot of the instrumentation on it and he's just I mean he's a I think he's a bass player by trade but his guitar playing is unbelievably good so yeah you've got this divorce from this record it's called Middle Voice I mm-hmm. love the yield it's just oh yeah like yield. an incredibly powerful song so Chris Brown has a instrumental version of the yield oh. on his record which he put on as as a, as a surprise for her uh, really? he does like an instrumental lead in to one of his other songs on the record it was really cool what's, so he, the, what's he playing on um, piano so, no. the, so the first time I heard it was through Chris's record really? and so when I heard it again like I, I, at that point I he'd never told me that it, that Kate had written it so then when I heard her singing it, I was like, oh, I, I mean, they, they do so much together. I just sort of thought she must have done one of Chris's songs, but no. Right. He recorded her song to as a surprise. So, we, If you know the lyrics, it's very d- deeply personal. 
Yeah. I kind of feel like, I mean, I don't know that it actually is, uh, that song or any of the songs on the record, but the whole, the whole thing feels incredibly one-on-one intimate. Yeah. The lyrics just, she, I mean, she's really, I can't say it enough, like, the, just the turns of phrase and the lyrics on that record are yeah. so good. Yeah, they're incredible. This record should, like, everybody should know this, I agree. And yeah. it breaks my heart that people don't. Yeah, I mean the thing is, the thing is, there's still time. Like, I yeah. mean, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's as much of a sh- shelf life on records because people can discover them at any case in point. Now, the funny thing is, the industry itself would look at a record like Kate's or like ours that's been out seven or eight months and think, oh, that's a, that's an old record. Mm. <laughs> but, but I don't think that matters. Like, like, like I said, music is so accessible right now. You can discover something from 15 years ago and yeah. and live and breathe it for months. I think that's just kind of a mindset that's that's been kind of pulled across the ages, right? Because it's like it was the album tour, album tour, and once the tour was over, it was time for a new album. So you know, forget about the yep. old one kind of thing. But they, you know, that cycle isn't relevant anymore. So yeah, they're really. I mean, you know, there's still people follow, trying to follow that just because that's how you build a career. Yeah. Um, in indie music, it's really hard to follow that because you know there's a cycle of try to figure out how you're going to finance an album yeah. make that album try to figure out how you're going to finance putting it out yeah. putting it out yeah. and then doing as much touring as possible so you know for me I don't consider us done yet we're uh, working on right now um, a run through uh, the states good sometime in either January or March with a cool story that I'm, I met a while ago a guy who's an amazing drummer and hit it off as 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 buddies and he's uh, Charlie Watts drum tech but we're trying to put a run together where we do some stuff together in, in, uh, in the states probably from Lake Buffalo through to Massachusetts so that is amazing yeah so I mean that's, that's what I mean like there's no end to the life of a record until you decide you're making a new one yeah yeah and even then yeah because like, I mean like honestly like we're like you know we're basically just trying you know to get people to hear it one by one because there's no sort of big money or big machine behind this stuff and you go at whatever pace you can go at yeah, well, good. Keep me posted on that. Oh, I for think sure. That's yeah, great. Yeah, I'm excited. I, we actually were just talking about it again today, so I think it'll happen in some way, shape, or form. Good. So, next, Warren Zevon. This is your last tune. <laughs> Something bad happened to a clown. This is a deep. I cut. only put this on because I played this record. First of all, I love Warren Zevon. Like, and I think loved him a little bit before the whole thing with David Letterman and David Letterman really sort of just those oh. the, as Warren Zevon's life was coming to an end he just continued to push him to the front of the stage and you know he eventually did a whole week where Zevon was the musical guest for the entire week on, on the Letterman show oh that's right um, but when Warren uh, Zevon died um, he had a bunch of artists on and uh, to do you know cover songs to do tributes to, to Warren's material uh, Jason Isbell did the song Mutineer, which is yeah. the last song on that album, Mutineer. Yeah. And it was beautiful. By the way, Jason Isbell is amazing. Yes, um, he is. His last album is, is one of my favorites in the last few years, too. So, for that reason, I got into this record, but this that, that song, whenever I play it, my daughters just go... Like my, my daughters are pretty hip to all the types... We have very similar tastes in music, and they like a lot. Yeah. They're just like, this song sucks. <laughs> 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 but I freaking love it. I I don't know what I mean. There's something about some of. The, I'm not sure how he recorded it, but a lot of the music sounds like it was recorded backwards or something. Yeah, and it's pretty 
I mean, the, just the, the title, Something Bad Happened to a Clown. It just <laughs> You have to be a guy sort of stoned in California to write that song, I think. So, I, yeah, so that was like, it was, it was funny because I, I spent a lot of the summer trying to talk my, my daughters into liking it, but it didn't, didn't work out that way. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, when they get older, they're probably going to dig it. Yeah, well, maybe you know, like they they grew up on a steady diet of Bob Dylan, and mm. they had a real sort of period in their teen years where it was like they couldn't stand the guy. But I'm I saw somebody online say yesterday, you judge your uh, effectiveness and skill as a parent by checking out your kids' playlists. And like, ah, <laughs> interesting. And my uh, daughters have a lot of Dylan on their playlist now, so that good. I think you know that's that one they did come back to. I, I just now. Within a really great record, they they like that record, yeah. but that one song, which I, is my favorite on the record, maybe one of my favorite that's funny Yvonne songs. Period. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like again, it's got one of those. It's got one of those. Going back to bringing this full circle, it's got one of those sort of feelings to me, like that middle part of uh, Zero Moon, where I don't know what's happening. I don't know why I like it. I don't know what was going on. Yeah. I, uh, and that is incredibly intriguing to me. Yeah. No, I like that too. I like, um, you know, it's a, it's a peculiar feeling, right? But there's a, yeah, it's, there's. I mean, for me, I'm just like I like to be able to, d- to decode things, and then when you finally just get to the point where it's like I'm I can't with this one, then you just kind of go, okay, I don't, I, I, I know I like it, so I'll just let that be the yeah. the way it ends, the way yeah. the story. Yeah, it's interesting because I like to be shocked by music. Not mm-hmm. maybe, maybe shock's the wrong word, but I like to be surprised by a weird chord change or something that is not expected or unusual. Now that this is an extreme case, of course, but, but yeah, I that, like that too. That song's full of those. Like there's like the, what you'd call the subverse it just goes to these weird, yeah. weird places with the chord progression. It's a bizarre song. It totally works. Yeah. All right. Well, that uh, was a nice little retrospective of your European tour. So now, now if you'd like to play another tune. Sure. I like talking about it. I'm partial to that. I also like Melinda. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then you decide. How about Melinda? Okay. Yeah. Let's change the capo position and hope this stayed in tune. But you know what? It's rock and roll, right? It's rock and roll. All right. subtle pain in my head can't find the words to a song if the telephone rings then let it ring to the end if I could get there by spring if I could just stand my friend and how it frames the past I can't tie it in a bow can't start so fast and move silent and slow We'll see it through, Melinda All we offer up to you, Melinda Know you have a thousand shoulders to cry on Hands to help you from the bed that you lie on Why noise dream, why noise lie Why noise alibi Words travel fast dark tired town and those fingers they tap no 
most unbearable sound And water, water's the drip from the tap Ocean of swords has been idle for days Lungs savor the taste of blood on the back of your tongue. We'll see it through, Melinda. All we offer up to you, Melinda. Know you have a thousand shoulders to cry on. Hands to help you from the bed that you lie on. Why noise dream? Why noise lie? Why noise alibi? Get through every day Back to do it again Rhythm Monday in a focus game Like I could write my name On the head of a pen You're on the head of a pen We'll see it through Melinda Yes, that was awesome. Love it. Thanks. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you so much for indulging me. Thank you for uh, letting me indulge, because that was uh, a lot of fun. It's always good talking to you, you know, so it was nice to talk about the... It was a great summer, so it's nice to sort of put it all in uh, perspective. For the ages. I appreciate you. uh, I hope people do check out those records, because there's some great stuff out there that maybe isn't isn't making its way in Canada right now. Well, I hope they do, but I hope that they check out your record, too, Jimmy and the Moon. Thanks. I talk about it all the time. I love it. I want to see it getting a lot more attention. So, folks, listen, Jimmy and the Moon, it's out there. Check it out. Thanks, Brent. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. Let's have a drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This has been No Sleep Till Sudbury with Brent Jensen and my very special guest, Mr. Stephen Stanley. Until next time, folks, take good care. Brent Jensen is the best-selling author of No Sleep Till Sudbury, Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon Worldwide. <laughs>